another struggle, another obstacle, another problem. Ain't no telling where I'm about to go. Ain't no telling what I'm about to do. But I don't need you telling me what I need to do or who I need to be. Just let me be free. Rate, subscribe, and share. Yay! <laughs> oh, woo! Mm, good morning, jesters. Good morning, jestettes. Good morning, fellow jesterians. Ooh, it's a fucking hot one today, man. Jesus. It's like 90 degrees at 7 in the morning, man. Well, it's probably not that warm, but it's it's humid as it's humid as fudge, yo. Oh goodness! Well, what's the temp right now? Miserably warm and cloudy. Well, it's miserably warm and cloudy. It is seventy-two degrees at uh, uh, what time is it? Seven thirty-five in the a.m. It's gonna be a warm one today. Whoa, whoa! Whew, wonder if it's gonna rain today. It does look a little, like you said, cloudy. We'll see. We'll fucking see, man. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. So, welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of Getting High with a Jester. Good shit, man. We made it. We made it a year, man. It's awesome. Things are starting to look up, man. Things are starting to take off. Uh, we have Shine On Botanicals, we have Joders, the Joders, <laughs> the Jester's Promoting Company, man, everything is just going, 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 gone, baby, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, Who it's just, it's so goddamn warm this morning, man, let's hit this bong again, shall we, we shall. <clears throat> oh god damn <laughs> we are waiting on some product from uh shine on botanicals we can start marketing that out perfectly that is the plan so the gestures promoting company is looking for uh hustlers honestly we want hustlers people who who know how to make money people who know how to talk to people to people who can sell shit we're looking for hustlers, man. Email the promoting jester, T H E P R O M O T I N G J E S T E R at gmail.com. Let's submit your resume, man. Let's see what we got going on in this world, man. Get on, get in on the ground floor of a company that is going to be huge. Huge. It may take us uh, 10 years, but we'll fucking get there, man. We were going, we are going to be huge. Huge, I tell you, huge. But now let's get into the UFC. See what kind of bullshit NPR is trying to sell us today. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. 
It's been over 100 hours and counting since a 12-story condominium collapsed in Surfside, Florida. Nine people have been confirmed dead. 152 people are still missing. Rescue workers are searching for survivors, but no one has been pulled alive from the rubble since Thursday. Susana Alvarez, who lived in the Champlain South Tower, told our colleague Lulu Garcia Navarro what she saw. We climbed out of rubble and there were two men and, and a young man with us and they were helping us and there was an older lady and they were helping us out of the rubble and uh and when we got outside again all i could hear were the people screaming they were screaming help help someone help us they were screaming there was people alive in there we've got npr's brian mann now with us on the line from south florida where he's been reporting brian thanks for being here good morning rachel how much progress did the search and rescue teams make over the weekend well, it's been very slow and methodical and so far, sadly, unsuccessful. Crews have made progress. They say they do still have hope. Uh, you know, they were hobbled uh, at first by this fire that kept burning underground. They say they have been able to extinguish mean hobbled, that. Not hobbled, buddy. And they've Come also on. dug a trench through this dense rubble pile, which has helped them to find more victims. Structural engineers are down there embedded with those teams, making sure nothing else collapses as those searchers work. In addition, authorities are now taking the debris to a warehouse to look for more human remains, and they've also begun this forensic review to try to understand why this building collapsed. Of course, there are a lot of questions around this 2018 engineering yeah, no report that raises concerns collapse. about the building's structure fall down like and that. also errors with construction of, of the 40-year-old condo. Right, so let's talk about that. You actually obtained a document that indicates that an inspector for the town assured residents that the condominium was, quote, in very good shape, even though there was this warning that there was major structural damage. I mean, what are officials saying about that revelation? Yeah, Surfside Mayor Charles Burkett was asked about this at a news conference late yesterday, and here's how he answered. I wasn't there, you know. I wasn't I was there, there before, and I, I came after, but I wasn't there for that. But I'll tell you what we are doing. What Burkett means there is that he wasn't mayor in 2018. And, and, Rachel, he went on to say that he's ordered Surfside officials to dig out every piece of correspondence that the town has related to that building and its inspections. They're going to make that public. He indicated that he wants answers about what happened with this review. It is important to say that it's not clear that that study found any of the issues that caused this collapse. We'll have to wait for other investigations to for sure. Let's take a few minutes and just talk about the people at the center of this. You spent time yesterday with members of the Jewish community who've been hit very hard. What did they share with you? Yeah, Rabbi Shalom Lipskar invited me to visit the shul and synagogue that he leads in Surfside. He told me roughly 35 people from his community school? are among uh, the Come on, man. This is an extraordinary fish. traumatic circumstance where hope is still a glimmer. We're basically in a war zone waiting to hear the final verdict, alive or God forbid not. Yeah, and, and Rabbi Lipsker went on to tell me that there's just a lot of pain and also a lot of frustration as, as this goes on. Uh, for many of the families, Rachel has just grown unbearable. As you can imagine, there's a lot of pain, a lot of frustration. And as time goes on, you know, the hope starts to turn to really uh, sometimes... You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to get high. I'm going to get high out this bubbler. 
provided to us by 71 degrees and cloudy. Best little smoke shop you will ever find. They're at 50 Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York, or at 710cloudy.com. That's 710-A-N-D-C-L-O-U-D-Y.com. All your smoking accessories, your smell goods, your glass, everything, as well as your sessions with a gesture t-shirt. You can get that for only 20 bucks. And remember to use code SWED10 at checkout. Save 10% on your entire order. A deep inner turmoil that cannot be addressed. Yeah, that's, it's really fucked up. What, logical, what happened? Man? I, I, I'm interested to see what they, Brian, they say happened. Brian, we appreciate you bringing us those stories and perspective and reporting. Because right, as long as they say it, that's how it'll be. A bipartisan $1.2 trillion infrastructure deal is back on track after President Biden walked back an apparent veto threat. Did you get all that? <laughs> right. So remember, last week, President Biden said he would not sign this infrastructure bill, which he supports, unless it was sent to his desk with a separate spending measure that would have money for child care, health care, climate change, and a bunch of See, other things. See, again, that has nothing and to do with the, the fucking weekend, infrastructure. The issued a statement saying he it, that he's just trying to fucking play bills. big boy in a fucking dumbass game. Shut up, fuck that dude. On ABC this week responding. So it was a... It was a surprise, uh, to say the least, that those two got linked. And I'm glad they've now been delinked, and it's very clear that we can move forward with a bipartisan bill that's broadly popular, not just among members of Congress, but the American people. NPR congressional correspondent Susan Davis is with us. Hi, Sue. Hey, Rachel. So explain this backtrack. Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on, hold on. So, he, 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 the way he put that, He's like, this is this is a bill that's loved by everybody. Everybody in the country. Everybody in... Like, there shouldn't be so much joy in his voice. Everybody loves his bill. Everybody loves his bill. Something's fucked up. He's, he's putting on a show. I can feel it. Now it's just for us to find out what that show is. Because illegitimate Joe, I'm sure, isn't, isn't being upfront about everything. Or if, if, if anything. I bet. Well, after Biden made his comments, Republicans in the Senate pushed back really hard at this apparent veto threat, suggesting he was pulling the rug out from them and that they could withdraw their support for the bipartisan deal. The thing here is Democrats for literally months have been talking about this two-track approach, doing the bipartisan infrastructure package and then moving along separately on their own on a reconciliation bill using budget rules that wouldn't require Republican support. Republicans, including Portman, have acknowledged that Democrats could use that strategy. And that is still the plan. It's just the threat that if they were not sent to the White House simultaneously, that's been walked back. But the angle hasn't really changed. Okay, so it's more about uh, timing than anything it's else. more about a game. Democrats, what are they saying at this point? I mean, do they it's have the kind of unity game. that they need to get this bill through Congress? Just the infrastructure bill. Yeah, I mean, as Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer infrastructure bill, week, and then he wants to pass on more money for child care and some other stupid shit like, like no, child care and stupid shit, but it shouldn't be included in the goddamn separate reconciliation bill full of their priorities. This is why the Speaker Nancy Pelosi Childcare, it's grown unfucking controlled. The price of childcare, because it's a necessity now. I mean, shit. When I was a kid, there was no such thing as childcare. You have family members, but now because 
the fucking government is causing inflation. The cost of everything has gone up so goddamn much. People have to work into their 80s to be able to fucking survive, man. How is that? So, so parents can't watch grandkids anymore because they're working to fucking survive. How the fuck did that happen? I thought once you reach a certain age, well, again, it's it's all about personal responsibility. Like once I reach a certain age, I'm not gonna be fucking working anymore because I'm gonna be set. I've been working my entire life to set myself up for retirement. You know, I think of the future. Some people don't think of the future, so shit happens to them because they don't fucking plan, man. That that's that's. Uh, that's what's wrong about not thinking of the future, man. You need to be able to fucking plan and goal and put goals in, man. Come on. Come on. She has indicated she could wait on the Senate to prove they can pass a budget resolution before the House moves forward on the, any of this legislation. So the fate of the two bills really remains connected. It's going to dominate the month of July in both the House and Senate and likely well into the fall. <laughs> and that's a big point of caution here. This it's is a big not fucking game that they're all playing. Fast. Democrats this is the are fucking have to game they're playing. Budget resolution in July that it's going to outline what they want to do with this separate legislation. Now, if this was a bill about gender studies in Afghanistan or Pakistan or wherever the fuck, that bill would be because that means they'd be getting money in their pocket. But they don't want to spend money to fix up the Americas, America. They don't want to fix the infrastructure, man. How are they going to make money on that? They can't get any money off of that shit. They don't want to do it. Mm. All these representatives fucking care about is money going into their goddamn accounts and getting reelected so they can have more free fucking money in their fucking pockets. They don't want to fucking fix anything. They just want money. That's all they fucking want is money. That's why this shit's taking so long. And now if it was gender studies and... Pakistan, fuck yeah, that should be done. But no, they don't want to spend any fucking money on this goddamn country because it's not going to get them anything that they know. That I mean, it's good. A rising tide lifts all ships. Don't be fucking selfish, man. Who the fuck cares? You got you're a goddamn representative of, this, of the great whatever fuck state you're from. Don't you want that shit fixed? Don't you want your infrastructure repaired so people aren't dying like that they did in fucking Florida? Come the fuck on. Honestly, they probably don't care. They just want the fucking money. But it's a two-step process and they're not going to write the actual bill likely until the fall. So, Sue, you've reported on this before, but remind us what is in the second bill, the Democrats' separate stimulus package. Well, I mean, Democrats have outlined a wish list of what they'd like to see in it. I mean, they're looking at trillions of dollars in spending that would expand the social safety net for programs like Medicare. They also want money for child care programs, community college, elder care, climate change. Even some Democrats have talked about wanting climate to change reform the, legislation see, that's, The two big questions, Rachel, we don't know the They know. Yay! Rate, subscribe, and share. Yay! The climate change cannot be changed or stopped or reversed or stopped. They know this shit, but they don't think you know this. So they're going to try and get as much fucking money as they can for nothing. 
They just want fucking money. I fucking told you. That's all I fucking care about. They don't give a fuck about lives. They don't give a fuck about people. They give a fuck about their goddamn money and their goddamn re-election. They're narcissistic assholes who don't give a fuck about anybody else but themselves. Like I said, this whole fucking corrupt government needs to be burnt the fuck down. Start the fucking thing all over again because there's so much goddamn corruption that it's just, it's sad. Because nobody in the world wants to work with us to end corruption because we are the most corrupt. Why else wouldn't, wouldn't anybody want to work with us on corruption? Because we are the most corrupt fucking entity on this motherfucking planet. That's that's how it works, man. <laughs> I mean, I can't say it any more fucking plainer. We are getting robbed, fucking raped by the people who supposedly represent us, man. Because they're all fucking corrupt. Every single last fucking one of them. Answers to yet? How much is it going to cost, and how are they going to pay for it? Uh, Senate Budget Chairman. Well, they don't Bernie care. Sanders they got a fucking money printer, man. Six trillion dollars for this package. Moderate Democrats like West Virginia's Joe Manchin are unlikely to go for that level of spending. Um, they're also going to have to figure out what they want to do with the Trump tax cuts and whether they're going to roll back portions of it on the wealthy and big corporations to pay for it. This is about as complicated as it gets. It's 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 going to take months for Democrats to be able to figure out if they can get this through Congress. All right, NPR congressional correspondent Susan, <laughs> appreciate you. Thanks. You're welcome. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. These people are fucking okay, horrible. Okay, scientists are reporting another big advancement using the revolutionary gene editing technique called CRISPR to treat diseases. Yep, for the first time, doctors have infused CRISPR into the bloodstream of patients to try to help them, and it appears to be working. NPR health correspondent Rob Stein is with us. Hey, Rob. Good morning, Rachel. So, this That's is good. You have been reporting for a while now that CRISPR is letting scientists rewrite the genetic code much more easily than ever before and is already being tested to try to treat diseases. So, explain the newness of this moment. Yeah, doctors are already helping patients with blood disorders like sickle cell disease and beta thalassemia, and have started trying to help patients with a variety of forms of cancer and even restore vision to people blinded by a rare genetic disorder. But in those experiments, scientists are taking cells out of the body, editing them in the lab, and infusing them back into patients or injecting them directly into cells that need fixing. This is the first time they've just infused the CRISPR into patients' bloodstreams and let it travel through the body to find the right gene in the right place. So, you know, it's a big advance. That oh, is amazing. Damn, that is so amazing. Which disease did they try this for? It's called amyloidosis. It's a rare but devastating disease passed out in families. A deformed protein damages vital tissues and organs like nerves and the heart. I talked about this with Patrick Doherty. He's 65 and lives in County Donegal in Ireland. He suddenly developed pins and needles and numbness in his hands and feet. And then he started getting short of breath just trying to walk his dog. I'm kind of getting a bit breathless going up a, a small hillside here in Donegal, which which there are many. So I I, I realized something was something was wrong. Something was wrong. So you know he volunteered for a study testing CRISPR, trying to use it this new way. Okay, so you said that this is about putting it directly into the patient's body. Give us more details on how this works. 
Yeah, it's really cool. Doctors infused billions of microscopic structures known as nanoparticles into Doherty and five other volunteers. Each nanoparticle carries a genetic code for the CRISPR gene editor. The nanoparticles, they made their way to the liver and unleashed an army of these CRISPR gene editors, which honed in on the target gene to turn it off. That's and awesome. Weeks, Doherty says he started feeling better at the level that, that, of the That is awesome. Fuck yes, science, man. Wanted. Fuck so, yeah, science. Did this work for other diseases, Rob? Yeah, this provides the first good evidence that CRISPR could be used like this to treat many other much more common diseases for which taking cells out of the body or directly injecting them into patients isn't realistic, like heart disease, muscular dystrophy, maybe even brain disorders like Alzheimer's. And for his part, Doherty is thrilled. He's back at work and looking forward to the future. I Fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's good fucking news, man. That's fucking, that's good shit. That's such good news for him. NPR Health Correspondent Rob Stein, thank you. And that is the UFC for Monday, June 28th. Eight. Let's go back and look at these stories. What? What? Let's go a little deeper into what they were. The first one, the first story, was about the tower collapse in the Champlain Tower collapse in Florida. Now, the video I saw, it did look like a controlled demolition. I mean, I, I'm no uh, physical. I'm no uh, structural engineer. But pe buildings just don't collapse like that, man. It's... I mean... Look! Shit like that just doesn't happen naturally. That's all I'm saying. Somebody knocked that fucker down. Somebody killed all these motherfuckers to save some money. Hmm. Do you really think that's not possible? I think that's more than possible. I think that's probable. Probable. I think some motherfucker just didn't want to spend a whole bunch of money, so he killed a bunch of motherfuckers. And hopefully, and he was hoping, he covered his path well enough. So nobody will find out. We'll see. We'll see. Because in this, in this, in today's world, the more money you have, the more shit you can get away with. That's that's just how it works. Because we are corrupt. Because we're corrupt. It doesn't matter. We're corrupt. People are fucking on the take. Getting money for just letting people slide. That's what corruption is. But hey. Who cares, right? Fuck it. You're, you're just barely scraping by. Even though these motherfuckers are taking all your goddamn money and just getting rich as fuck off of it? Come the fuck on. When this government first started, government officials didn't get rich by being in government. Fuck no. But now, you want to get rich? Join the government. That's how you get all your fucking money, man. It's, it's, it's horseshit. It's horseshit. Who in the second story? <laughs> I suppose the second story. The second story was about the infrastructure bill. 
Again, it's a fucking game. Illegitimate Joe says, oh yeah, we'll do it, but I want all this shit added on. Shit that doesn't even matter about the goddamn infrastructure. Fucking, just one thing at a fucking time, asshole. You don't deserve to be in that position. So now we're just going to let you just do whatever the fuck you want because you're fucking illegitimate Joe fucking Biden. You're a goddamn corrupt piece of shit. Your, your whole fucking family's pieces of shit. So I don't fucking want to hear a goddamn thing. But I will. <laughs> because, man, it's, it's a fucking game. I'm telling you, man. People just get in the government to get rich. They get uh, they go to school they for to become an attorney. Don't ever fucking trust a goddamn attorney. Because they twist shit up and you can tell... Just by the way this fucking country is today. Corruption. Corruption. They know how to spin the spin the the lies, the the, the words. Cause I've always said, if you know the right words, you can get anything in this world. Anything. As long as you know the right words. And these motherfuckers in government, they learn the right words just by being corrupt. Give me this, and I'll give you that. That's just how it is. That's the fucking how the government works, man. It's sad, and it's aggravating. But I'm done getting pissed about it, because it's just, it is what it is, man. Until everybody in this fucking country sees that our so-called leaders are just in it for themselves, nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. Everything will just keep getting worse. Until the big event happens... When we, when we cross the galactic uh, magnetic plane, everything is about to get fucked, and we will see what happens then. The last story was about the CRISPR gene editor being directly injected into the body of the, the afflicted, which this is a first, and it's awesome that this happened. I mean, science fucking rules. Science fucking rules, man. Woo, woo. So fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Now it is time. Now is the time for space weather. Let's see what space weather is for June 28th, 2021. Okay. So this isn't, uh, this isn't the morning news, so this is uh, Safe Zones, Animal Anomalies, Primary Risks. This is uh, about the 12,000-year catastrophe cycle, which we are due for. And this is, this is going to be him explaining on, I think this is his, uh, let's just listen and see what it is. We recently looked at the worst disaster in pigeon racing history. Thousands of birds vanished, and while the articles quite astutely speculated about geomagnetic storms due to solar activity, there were none. But the better explanation is another kind of geomagnetic storm being to blame. Earth's magnetic field is entering excursion, a short-term reversal of the fields, and the animals have been acting strangely, or perhaps appropriately. 
Animals and plants use the field for a number of things. Migration, reactions, get signals to perform cellular functions, and more. It was on the heels of the confirmation that whales are very susceptible to the geomagnetic field changes, and on the heels of the Pacific field shift acceleration in 2017, that the unusual mortality and stranding event began in the Pacific, one that took place across both hot seas and cold La Nina waters, and which can only be blamed on a change in the magnetic field. We have seen a number of unusual animal migration events, especially with the birds. And perhaps the strangest of all is the elephants in China. But is it really that strange, or are they sort of prepping? Their 500-mile trek is taking them directly away from where the north and south magnetic poles are set to meet in the northeast Indian Ocean. They are moving towards high ground and away from the coast. This is not unlike the relocation of many of you in these times, whether from the chaos of the cities or specifically with the magnetic excursion of Earth in mind. If animals are storing extra food, building nests and burrows slightly differently, or prepping in their own ways, how would we even notice? But what are you doing, those of you taking action? Are you relocating? Are you trying to build a like-minded community? Are you gathering supplies? For those who know the severity of what's coming, it helps to know what you can and cannot plan for. Some things are pretty obvious, like if you see the greatest of all electromagnetic blasts from the sun, do not then go and get on an airplane. If an impactor lands on your head, there isn't much you're going to be able to do. Same thing happens if mantle heaving or other processes send your land into the sea like Atlantis. Or if you happen to be in the unlucky fifth or so of the sun-facing side of the planet, when that great solar flash occurs. It's not even worth thinking about those things. But what you should be planning for is a repeat of the alternation of polar and tropical fossils in the Arctic, the invasion of the land by the oceans, and the loss of most of the comforts and securities that allow our lives to play out as they do. First and foremost, you need to be prepared for the solar kill shot. This encompasses and exceeds storm readiness and earthquake readiness, and basically involves what is destined to happen someday, but is far more likely now while Earth's magnetic field is tanking in strength during the ongoing excursion. No stores, no ATMs, no gas station, no refrigeration, AC, heat, water from the tap, no phone, just you and everyone else, hungry and thirsty quickly learning to look for the loud generators of prepared people. Don't let that be you. The storm and earthquake preparedness principles are appropriate for the scenario, but must be expanded to an extreme timeline. You need to have considerable food and water supplies as the power and most of civilization aren't coming back after the big one from the sun. You need to have seeds and pre-industrial tools to start again. Self-defense tools and those for shelter are needed, as well as clothes for various climates as those will continue to shift more extremely. Have a plan for bugging in and bugging out. Just know that your castle is the best place to defend, if you can. In a big city, presume you can't. Don't be in shell shock when something happens. Do a practice run. The hail is going to continue to break records. This year it's already smashed through roofs numerous times. Simple underground options are good temporary shelters from cryo-meteors, as they don't penetrate far into the ground like a space meteor strike would. The lightning records will continue, and the metal, water, and crystal underground are going to react, along with the silica-rich magma as the global electric circuit and high-energy cosmic rays continue to push the ceiling of the charts. 
a good rule of thumb when it comes to saving something is will you be able to use it 10 years after the disaster? Now, that's not to say that all electronics should be forgotten or you shouldn't try to save anything. Batteries, some small devices, they may be very valuable in the intermediate aftermath, at least for a while. You just have to remember that those things are temporary the moment we've gone back to nature. The biggest of solar events may overcome a Faraday cage protection anyway. You need to be putting much more effort towards something between Bronze Age and Wagon Time survival. Now, that was a lot of preparation points crammed into a word hurricane, but the flotation must be singled out. Honestly, if not for the invasion of the seas, this wouldn't be such a terrible situation. But this is the single, overarching aspect to the disaster, as described by religions, mythology, tons of researchers over the last several decades to centuries, with nearly all of the list attributing the event to a turning over of the Earth. One name on that list is more important than the others, and that's Major White. Maynard E. White, commander of Project Nanook, discovered the magnetic pole, discovered its motion, and the cycles of disaster and great flooding and tropical and polar fossils alternating in 12,000-year layers of sediment. The documents he took from the Pentagon meetings could only be shared after his passing by his son, Ken White, in the great book. Right now, let's go over the tilt supported by White, Einstein, Cuvier, Deluc, Velikovsky, many who aren't on this list, myself, and Chan Thomas's new pole positions, even if not his description of the wave. His wave from the West, which Vogt would support, is not going to give you alternating fossil layers and doesn't change the polar position or tilt the Earth. When Greenland does tilt to the equator, bringing the new equator to right about here, on the other side of the world, it will be East Antarctica tilting up to the equator, putting that right about here. Now, here is something critical to understand about these processes. They have an axis. It controls which waves go which ways in the turning. And the best way to look at this is with a rectangular projection of the Earth. You get the weird size projection effects at the poles, but the tilting allows you to see how some go down and the other side of the world goes up. This is the image from the community post this last week with the new equator after the tilt. And now a key thing to notice is where it intersects the old equator, the wave line. These points are the axis of the turn. They don't change latitude. They simply rotate, turning 90 degrees. And those points can be found here, with a rotation of tilt shown by the arrows. If you wrap this rectangle back around a sphere, you would find those circles with arrows on exact opposite sides of the world. And this is how we can look around today and know where the initial tidal surge will be and where the sloshback tsunamis will be as well. In general, in the central Atlantic, water will seem to push north as the crust is tilting south into it, while the waters will seem to be heading south at first on the other side of the world as the land is tracking and pushing into it. The worst part is the initial surge against inertia, but after the tilting stops, the exact opposite direction sloshback will occur. So here, I've got blue arrows for the initial tidal surge of the tilt, northward in the western world and southward in the east, and the red arrows show the places where the sloshback tsunamis could be very bad for populated areas. Maybe those elephants know more than we think, especially since they would be fleeing not only the sloshback of the Indian Ocean, but the new freezing pole position near the Bay of Bengal and Sumatra. Are the animals prepping? Are you? I'll see you in the morning.
Be safe, everyone. There you go. There you fucking go, man. Yay! Rate, subscribe, and share. Yay! If you're here in Western New York, by the way, he was just explaining the 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 uh, the initial swell and then sloshback. The only thing we have to worry about are the lakes, the Great Lakes. Lake Ontario, Lake Erie, I guess. If it's just going to be a north-south, we don't have to worry about Michigan or, or Huron. But there's going to be a lot of water coming from Lake Ontario and Lake Erie. I wonder if Ohio's going to be there anymore. I wonder how deep those lakes are. I sh that's probably something I should check out here pretty soon. But now let's, uh... Good morning, Mr. Ben. Good morning, folks. Hopefully you caught last night's video on safe zones in the disaster, animal signs, and more. Today, the sun is starting to look more like sunspot maximum, so let's begin there. And we are going to use the 193 angstrom view of the sun. Corona hole up north, leading the longitudinal edge of the bright active regions. The ones on the north are trying to develop sunspots, and we'll zoom in here again on those bright areas. Number of ejections off the limbs, and on the north at the end, a little pop of it trying to produce. The X-ray flaring is slowly creeping back up as the southern spots are still growing and are starting to develop an instep morphology of the central umbra. Even if only small for now and not offering high flare risk magnetism as of this morning. Quick peek at the solar wind shows all is quiet, both in the plasma stream and geomagnetically. Quick aesthetic piece here as Sophia has offered one of the best images of a star-forming region. This is RCW 49 in Westerland. Gorgeous shot of the stellar nursery here. Beautiful. Let's next hit three stories that flow into one another. First, it is another look at how the sun's current sheet interacts with the Earth's magnetic field and offering yet another mechanism for its disruption of our global system. This is, of course, always scalable up to the galactic current sheet impact on the sun, advanced catastrophism principles, and the, quote, squeeze as it passes may be the trigger to release the accumulated coronal shell, which comes during the galactic magnetic reversal point within the sheet. Hopefully our short-term memories are solid as more evidence for a massive deposition at the Younger Dryas is found. Here it is key for observers to remember two things. First, that all of the impactor evidence can be produced by that great solar flash as well. And second, that the solar micronova produces impactors in three separate ways. Asteroidal push, plasma congealing, and in the arc discharge. In the disaster series, I beg you guys to watch all of the time. The Solar Micronova video explains that evidence and how an impactor-only event cannot explain all the evidence. We also go over the lab studies in the impactor cycle video, showing how it works the ground when it strikes. Part of this entire process is the ongoing magnetic change throughout the solar system, the sun, and the planets. Here we add another one to the overall changing field of Earth, the weather anomalies, the critical frequency, and polar summer mesospheric echo anomalies. Chorus waves are not a new item of study. They have well-expected patterns and follow strict rules until they don't. Reversal of the falling frequency sweep, as simply put as possible, they're noticing even more changes that aren't supposed to be seen up there at the top of the world. Last but not least, check out that video from last night if you missed it. Check out the playlist if you need a foundation or a review of those topics we hit today. And our book on the disaster, The Next End of the World, is available at spaceweathernews.square.site.
We greatly appreciate your support. We've got wind maps and shots of our star to close. Subscribe and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Right here, but right now it's 5.30 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. Fucking right, man. Eyes open. No, no fear. No fear because you know what's coming. You're going to be prepared. And just be safe. Just be safe, man. Do the best you can to, to see tomorrow. From a vertical position. Fuck yeah. Shine on Botanicals. The best CBD product on the market all around. You find a better price for a comparable product, we will beat it hands down. Email the Jester's Promoting Company at thepromotingjester at gmail.com to place your orders. Wholesale price is available for orders over five bottles. Now let's get back to the show. A lot to be prepared for, a lot to get prepared for. Don't know when it's going to hit, but it's due now. It's due now, so it could be any minute. It could be any day. Well, at least now we, we know we're, we're safe for the next couple of days because there hasn't been a coronal mass ejection from the sun headed towards Earth yet. Yet. But we will see. We'll see if we are able to escape by this or... Probably not. More than likely not, because this seems to happen every 12,000 years. And we're due. We're due. Now it is time for my second favorite time of the day. Shout out to, shout out to, to the Good News Network. That's right, yo. That's right. For the quote of the day. If you get up in the morning and think the future is going to be better, it is a bright day. Otherwise, it's not. Elon Musk. He turns 50 today. Good shit. I didn't know that. Now we do. If you get up in the morning and think the future is going to be better, it is a bright day. Otherwise, it's not. 100%. You have to have the attitude that it's going to get better. Because it is going to get better. If you don't wake up thinking that life is going to get better, you're just going to be miserable every day for the rest of your life. That's just the way it works. So be a better version of yourself. Smoke weed every day. 